the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings and our hola to all. My name is Spud, Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> man. I'm laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> You know, and this is, coincidentally, the Spud Goodman Show. A big thank you to everyone who has taken, you know, time out of their busy lives, your busy lives, to spend a few moments with us here, okay? It's not an act that will go unrecognized, as I'm quite aware that if you, the listener, had made a different choice on what else you could be doing right now, well, I would be talking to just myself and the others in the radio studio, you know? And no offense to my coworkers here, but... I. I talk to them all the time off the air. So the fact that you are now part of the conversation, too, makes this whole thing worth doing. Yeah, so, all right, I should introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a, you know, more than half-hearted laugh. How about something robust? Oh, oh very well. <laughs> oh, and that's about as good as you're going to get this early in the program. Yeah, it was it was fine. All okay. Right. Now I must acknowledge our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, go ahead and hum something, maybe, so people know you're actually here with us. Um, make it a decent tune, not, not some lame top 40. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, I'm not real skilled at humming. Really? I, well, I've huh, had issues hum. humming since I was like 11 years old huh. when they took out my tonsils. I personally think the doctor botched the operation, but since then, I just can't seem to carry a tune. Well, why didn't you say so? Uh, how about this? How about if I just say how happy I am to be here with no, everybody no, no, in the show? No, no, no. Too many words. Too many words. We have a show to do. Well, I know. We will assume that you would have completed that sentence with a me. That would be me, Spud Goodman, and not anyone else. Well, I, I am happy to be here with you, of course, but I'm also happy to be here with your Aunt Dorothy. Thank you. Uh, our director, Dave, our, our engineer, Trevor, and, and yes, even Chance, the intern. And, you know, say, where where have all the other interns gone, by the way? Lately, he appears to be the only one we still have working here. What happened? Trump's spoken. Well, I suppose I should step up and deal with that question. I'm disappointed that our other interns have left the show. Yeah. Well, it, I was it, wondering. Sorry, I'm sad to say it what was happened? over my relationship with Chance. I myself oh. don't see it as a workplace issue like some have suggested. I never had supervisory authority over them, nor am I in a position to favor Chance in his position with the show at all. And I know he has suffered a great deal of emotional distress being ostracized by his fellow interns just over our simple relationship. It's not that easy. Oh, honey, I know you're still upset about this. No, 
I'm fine. You I, sure? I didn't like most of the other interns. They made fun of me a lot. I'm glad they're gone. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. Um, can you guys discuss this stuff oh. off the air? Because I, I have a show, you know, to do here. Oh, fine. Uh, Chance, uh, go back to your chair and play video games or something. Okay, you know, n- now I forgot what I was going to discuss. And it, it was a really good topic, too. I need to use the restroom, actually. If a guest calls in, can someone answer it for me? Are you uh, serious? Chance, you go take care of your bodily functions. I'm sure someone on the board can fill in until you're back. Um, uh, you know, Spud, if I could suggest a topic that we might discuss, as it's something quite popular, Civil War reenactments. They're making well, a Look, I, I know who won that thing. Of... I know who won that thing. Jeez, it's history. I know. Hey, hey okay, hey, wait a second. I, I remember now what I wanted to bring up. It was about superheroes. Like if we could make a choice to actually be one, a superhero, I mean, how cool would that be? And now, people of Gotham City, the moment you have all been waiting for. I mean, I don't know about everyone out there listening, but I am personally bored with being who I am right now. So being someone not me is very appealing. How about you, Aunt Dorothy? Oh, um, I'm pretty darn happy right now being who I am. My life has never been more satisfying than it is. I really? Mean, well, yes, you you know, chance meets all my needs and then some. Okay, so right. I have no need right. to aspire to be anyone else right now, especially a superhero. Okay, but if you had to pick a superhero to be, uh, let's pretend that you never met Chance the Intern and you wanted a little excitement in your life. Who would you want to be? Well, I don't know. Maybe Phoenix. Yes! I mean, she was a pretty powerful woman, very strong mental powers, and able to do such good in the world. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not familiar with this Phoenix you're referring to, Mrs. Jarvitz. What's with you, Joha? Yeah, Spud, if are you going to ask me what superhero I would be? Because I hear I, I know what I would say. No, I, I I I didn't ask you specifically, okay? But I have. I would like to know what Dave on the soundboard would like to be. Oh wow, uh, Captain Adam, of course. His power is immense. I could do great things, even more than you already do, Dave. Um, good to know. So we can get back to this. I, I want to continue this conversation, I have one. but I really need to introduce our musical guest right now, okay? Oh. And I'll be interviewing them a little later on in the program. Here is The Thrill. Here we go. 
My name is Craig Ferguson, and I am on Spud's show. Uh, Spud, your first guest, actor Harold Perrineau, is holding for you. Good. He's been on a ton of really cool TV shows. I loved him on Oz on H, you know, on HBO. Oh, Oz was one of my favorite shows. Right. All those men locked up in small cells in that prison. Well, the uh. testosterone level was off the charts. The shower scenes alone were must-see TV. Courtney, Chloe. Oz? Okay, was there was there a good witch or just a a bad one. In there, there were no witches in Oz. Oh my. You know, maybe you remember Harold from that ABC show Lost. Lost? Oh, was that that really strange show that made no sense? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Gerald, I don't think it was made for people like you. Yeah, I'm not even going to no. go into other stuff Harold's done, so you're a lost cause. Just, just put him through. Yeah, okay, here he is. Say hello to actor Harold Perrineau. Uh, thanks much for calling into our show. Thanks, bud. I really appreciate you having me on your show, man. Yeah, so one of your latest projects, you have many, is playing the character of Dean Sims on the TNT show Claws. It can be found mm -hmm. on demand on TNT. That's right. Yeah, so any show with Niecy Nash in it is must-see TV. She's an amazing talent. So showing up for work each day must have been kind of fun, huh? I mean, it's so great because she gets to play my sister, uh, and she is so fun and funny and, like, loving, and we have a really fun connection, and so, um, yeah, I love being there with her. She just makes me laugh. She just makes me laugh, man. Oh, I bet. Great. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so most people first became super aware of you on the HBO series Oz. You know, I asked Chris Maloney if anyone ever cracked a smile on this set, as it had to be one of the grimmest shows ever, but also one of the best. Hey, did you ever try to toss out a few jokes to break the mood? <laughs> Listen, man, I don't know what Chris Maloney told you, but there was a lot of laughter on that set. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of people having a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot of testosterone, and there's a lot of dudes there. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, sometimes, if I was a, you know, I'd invite like my my girlfriend up, and I'm like, I'd be like, just relax. 
it, it'll seem weird, but they're good guys, and, and it would be weird to have like a woman walk through. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of laughter up there, a lot of fun. Chris Maloney's just in the corner playing chess somewhere most of the time, so uh, <laughs> so maybe he didn't notice it. All right, super. Well, hey, I got to ask you uh, this question. Uh, when you're on the yes. ABC series Lost, did you always understand what was going on with the storyline, or did even you have to ask coworkers or friends what to, you know, what the hell was happening just like the rest of us watching? You know what? I think uh, I'm the only person in America. I knew everything. I knew it the whole time. I knew I, I knew how it was going to end. Huh. I totally knew they were. I did. I didn't know one thing, brother. <laughs> I was so I was as confused as everybody else was. Like in each week, I'd be like, I, I'm like honestly, I was like, wait, there's a polar bear, huh? <laughs> like I was, it was so confusing the whole time. Um, but it was it was fun and it was a really fun journey and uh, and I, I'm glad I got to do it with those folks because uh, they're just now just my family and so yeah I, I had no idea what was going on there. All right, I don't feel so dumb. All right, super great show though. <laughs> All right. You should never feel so dumb. All we right. had a lot of really smart writers. <laughs> yeah, real smart. Like yeah. Um, so how about when you played uh, Damon Pope on Sons of Anarchy? You were a very bad oh. man. Who who'd you draw on to play yeah. that character? A hedge fund guy like John Gotti or Scott, <laughs> Scott Pruitt maybe? Our former EPA dude. <laughs> Wow, you're going for it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, Spud. I have to say, that was a cheap shot you just took what? at former EPA director Scott Pruitt. He was so mistreated by the mainstream media, and now you try to kick him when he's down? Uh, hey, Harold, just a sec. Uh, if there's one man in America that not no one, absolutely no one needs to feel sorry for, it's Scott Pruitt. I'm sure he's shaking someone down right now for a sweet deal on something. No. He hates to pay retail for anything. Listen, as the chief steward of this country's natural resources, I and millions of other Trump supporters felt Mr. Pruitt was a real victim here. He worked really, he worked really hard to protect oh. our air quality okay. and our water resources. And even more Hello. importantly, he, he finally did away with all those harmful regulations that were stopping America from being great again. Oh, I hope he burns in hell for what he did to our environment. But I will keep him in my thoughts and prayers. He's yesterday's news, so let me get back to Harold. That's okay with everyone. I'm back, man. It's okay. Cool. I uh, yeah, I, I grew up in a really interesting neighborhood in Brooklyn, so I had a lot of places to pull. Um, <laughs> and I remember when I when I first got the gig, um, uh, 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 the showrunner. Um, what am I? What am I spazzing on his name right now? Um, uh, anyway, he said to me, uh, "Look, man, don't be offended by some of the things you might have to do. Like some of this is bad." And I was like, "What? What could it be? I was just on a TV show called Oz. I'm lost in an island. What could happen on this show?" And the, I get there. The second I get there, and he's like burning some child in a pit. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, this is gonna be bad. This is yeah. <laughs> this is this is gonna be something really different." So, got it. Got it. <laughs> so, well, you're, it was really cool. Though. Your your character kind of had the the karma thing going because he had an unhappy ending, and I'll admit I was kind of happy. Yeah, <laughs> everybody was happy. They were like, and and we knew it was going to be you know Damon Pope or Tig, but there was no way that they were both going to uh, be able to be in that in that world anymore. So, um, 
I, and it was one again one of those things I just didn't know what was going to happen uh, until the end. And then they called me in the office and they were like, "Yeah, so uh, yeah, Damon Pope has got to go." <laughs> so that was it. You, you, you kind of felt it coming, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as I, as much as I wanted it, uh, to stay on the show longer, I kind of knew it was gonna. Uh, it wasn't gonna go my way. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. All right. And so, yeah, Kurt Sutter. Why, how did I spy on his name? Yeah, Kurt called me off. He's like, yeah, buddy, sorry. <laughs> Take a stay and you're out. <laughs> well, you know, your so, film yeah. career is pretty active, too. And you, you have a couple pr- projects in post-production uh, right now. Anything mm-hmm. you can share with our listeners? Um, uh, there's a, there's a, a film called Dumpling that's coming out that I cannot wait uh, to see what people think. Because they called me up, and I was surprised when they called me up. They were like, hey, Harold, you're doing this film with Dumplin'. Jennifer Aniston is in it. We really want you to come and be part of it. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. What would I be doing? They're like, you'll be a Dolly Parton impersonator? Oh. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, this is Harold Perrineau? Maybe you called somebody else? And they're like, nope, we called you. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully it pulls, I pull it off. But All right, I'll be looking for that so, one. So much yeah. Go look for it. It's really going to be fun. Right. Really, totally funny. And then I get to work with um, I got to work with uh, uh, Tig again in a much nicer uh, way. So me and Kim Coates do this film called um, Colebrook, and hopefully that comes out sometime soon. Uh, directed by uh, Bill Fickner, who's an amazing actor. Oh yeah. Uh, and yeah. his best friend is Kim Coates, and so they wrote this movie together, and, uh, and they called me to play a role in it. And so that's going to come out pretty soon too. So. What's Let's the name? See. What's the Let's name see, of that uh, one? What people like? It's called Coldbrook. Okay, Coldbrook. All right, super. I'll be looking mm-hmm. for it. All right. Well, away, yep. away from showbiz, what do you do for a recreational right. activity? Not just like you know. I suppose it's not like the average daily stuff most of us participate in, like Dungeons and Dragons and that kind of stuff. But uh, anything that people would not expect Harold to be into. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, uh, we talked about Sons of Anarchy, and I ride motorcycles, but like not the Harleys. I like really fast bikes, oh. and so uh, I have a, a Ninja. Uh, so uh, I used to always say I'm going to ride my bike there, and I thought like, nah, this is going to be me up if I show up with my uh, my little crotch rocket. So I'm going to not do that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I ride bikes, I train jujitsu, I hang out with my girls. Uh, I don't know. That's that's what we do. We just. Kind of hang out and go have fun, go to the beach, do crazy stuff, travel all over. That's yeah. kind of what we're doing. Sounds like a full slate. All right, super. Uh, yeah. Okay. All <laughs> right, man. Busy. <laughs> I know you got to get going here, so uh, I want to thank you a whole lot for spending some time with us. But I, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. You're really fun. I appreciate it. All right. There you have it, Mr. Harold Perrineau. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
President Trump. America has a new emperor who does wear expensive clothes. I have tried to count the nice things about him on my toes. After my big one, I had to stop, so I guess that's the way it goes. I guess I could call someone in the alt-right as a lifeline, but they are my foes, or someone on Fox and Friends, as anyone knows. They are, of course, his cable news hoes. Yes, I know I should keep my mouth shut and just sit here and read another tweet that blows, but I can't do that because I don't care for bullies who star on really horrible reality shows. President Trump, our new king, act your age, not your shoe size. This is the Spud Goodman Show. That should be fun. I think I'll try that. Uh, so, Spud, what I was trying to say before I was interrupted by you earlier, if I could be any superhero, it would have to be Robin, of course, to your <laughs> Batman. Well, yeah, because don't laugh. We're such a dynamic pair That's right so now. so funny. Just think what we could do as real superheroes. What are you people? On dope? Um, first of all, I don't think Robin was technically a real superhero. Yeah. He was a second banana to Batman. No disrespect to Burt Ward, who's, mm. who's been a guest on this show a few times. Good man who does great work with rescuing animals. He saved the lives of so many dogs, mostly large ones, too, and that's really tough. I would say Burt Ward is a superhero, but Robin, not so much. No, no, no. I, I would firmly disagree there. I mean, where would Batman have been without his trusty sidekick? <laughs> he saved Batman from so many certain disasters. Uh, like, he was instrumental in all that Batman accomplished. Look, alternative facts are not facts. I mean, come on. You have to give credit where credit's due, Spud. I have to agree with Spud on this. I don't what? think Robin was a true superhero. Thank you. More like a, oh, you know, an apprentice superhero. And I don't appreciate you just assuming I would want to be Batman anyway. You may think it would be a perfect fit, but I have no interest in being a character that so many bad actors, you know, have played in the movies. <laughs> ben Affleck <laughs> is a decent director, but he should just get more tattoos and stay behind the camera. Yes! Oh, I liked Ben in Dazed and Confused. Yeah, okay, I gotta admit, he was really good in that. Uh-huh. Okay, Spud, I, I will say, it is somewhat unsettling to me that you would not want to be Batman if you could. It just seemed like such a perfect fit for us. I don't live my life to make you happy, okay? I'm choosing well, what superhero one you know wants to be is an intimate and personal decision. Oh. I won't let peer pressure affect me in this. No collusion. Jeez, all right. But, well, you know what? I'm sticking with my decision. I would be Robin even if I had to go my own way in yeah, Gotham fine. City. It, it wouldn't be the same not working together with you, Spud, but I could look, find look, a way to... Look, if you were Robin and I was Batman, there's no doubt I would be defeated by the Joker in seconds. Why so serious? And probably Mr. Freeze, too. I would be dead meat with you as my sidekick. I mean, look at my career right now. <laughs> oh, well, I don't think it's fair no, to that's not funny. place your unsuccessful yeah, career on me. You know, a true superhero would never avoid taking responsibility for his failures. R remember, I've only been with you for a little over three years. So, I mean, let's be fair here. 
okay, I will only blame you for the last three years. Well, that, I don't a real sidekick would have been able to make you know things happen for his better half, open doors, create a buzz, you know, maybe set up some meetings with bigwigs. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. Okay. That sounds more like the duties of a manager, Spud, and I have in the past volunteered to serve in that capacity. But you keep saying no, and yeah, I keep Yeah, because you up- wanted 30%, and would be more of a disaster as my manager than my superhero sidekick. If I had superpowers, then I could at least vaporize you or something when you screwed up. <laughs> like in real life, there are laws that, you know, that would prevent me from gaining true revenge. No, that 30% was for being both your manager and your agent. I took a lower fee to be your Ooh, agent. I'm, thank you. Uh, I hope you know. Uh, you know what? I was willing to take a hit with, with you on that offer. Yeah, j- just check and see if our next guest is ready. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm being told that your next guest, Tara Reed, is Ooh. waiting to speak with you. I, oh, now, that is awesome. You know, the new Sharknado, I think the sixth one, oh. and it's, it's finally here. And Tara, of course, co-stars in it. I'm, I am so pumped to check it out. Yes! Oh, you know, our family finds sharks fascinating. I, I believe that you have had other actors on our show who've been in those Sharknado films. Yeah, a ton of people who've who've been in the prior five Sharknado yeah. movies, and not films, okay? They're movies. Uh, just about anyone who's anyone in Hollywood has been in at least one of them. Uh, okay, maybe not those snooty A-list stars who think they're too cool. Um, yes, even George Clooney will one day in his 90s regret not doing one of them. I promise you. How cool would it be to see George Clooney eaten alive in a Sharknado? Yeah. Yeah, he should have a smarter agent who would have made him do it. Well, listen, I plan to watch this new one for sure. I, I just hope it's not too violent for our youngest, Gerald Jr. I think he's seen more intense stuff on any of those old Dr. Quinn medicine woman shows on DVD. You make him watch all the time. Just put Tara through, please. Yeah, here she is. Please welcome actress Tara Reed. Thanks for coming on our show. So so you're co-starring in the latest Sharknado. It's titled The Last Sharknado. It's about time. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. I mean, we've gone everywhere from outer space like to save the world. We've done everything. And I thought, well, what are they going to make about this one? And the whole time travel idea is great because they take you back to the other Sharknado. So some of the people that might have died in that are now alive. You know what Super. I mean? So it's... And then all of a sudden we're, we're with dinosaurs in one scene, and then like we're with George Washington in another scene. So it's just been like you know it, the movie is really funny, it's really campy, but it's it, it, to me it, it was one of my favorite ones. Besides how cold it was in Bulgaria. Well, you know, if it's if it's the last one, it's very upsetting to me and all Sharknado fans around the world. I, I myself have yet to come to terms with this very sad news as I'm a huge fan. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you, though, uh, do the producers have like a, a long-term plan to help us fans wean off Sharknado where there'll be like Sharknado shorts or memes to satisfy our needs? Uh, you know, I really don't think so. I mean, you never know what they're up to, but I really do believe this is definitely the last Sharknado because it... When you see it, you'll understand. It really makes a fur, like a full circle from the first one. Oh, okay, all right. You know, we've had numerous actors. And it's fun. You guys will love this one. All right, it's, well, it's a fun one. This we, one, yeah, it's cool. You know, we've had numerous actors uh, on our show who have made cameos in the prior five movies, and of course, Finn, played by Ian Ziering. So, where do all the actors go now? I mean, it's it's like 
What's going to happen? Well, I mean, for me right now, I'm lucky. I have like seven movies coming out. You know, we have four in production. Um, even for this movie, I, I, you know, I did some branding on it. Because um, it's the last Sharknado, I made a perfume called Shark by Tara. Uh, and you could get it on Terry.com or on Amazon. And it's only a limited edition just for this one. It smells really great and it's cool. But it's kind of a collector's item, so that's cool. Ah, and um, then I have uh, another movie coming out called Party Bus to Hell. And that's a crazy movie. It's about all these kids going to Burning Man on a party bus. And they basically get stuck in the desert and everything that goes wrong possibly goes wrong. Like, it's like a horror film. It's a comedy. It's kind of spooky. And then I have another one coming out called Art of the Dead. And it's about this person that's been trying to collect for years all these people, these art dealers been trying to collect these uh, five, you know, there's five paintings. Right. And these five paintings are kind of cursed. And huh. there's this whole thing that... Uh, see, Smud, yeah. I, I don't want to be out of line here, but it sure seems like you've lost control of this interview with Tara. Uh, uh, Tara, I'll be right back. I have not lost control, okay? Well, not I, totally. I know you must be feeling bad about yourself as a host right now. I can't remember the last time this happened to you. Oh, oh, I can. When he interviewed Suzanne Summers, she just pushed him to the side oh, yeah. and did a full-on infomercial, remember? That's probably the most humiliating moment in your career, right, Spud? I can think of a few other moments, but hmm. yeah, I was kind of disappointed in my you know, performance on that one, so I would rather not relive that experience right now. I can sense that Tara has a respect for my role here and will not try to take over. Well, if she doesn't have that respect, you just give me the word and I'll jump in and rescue the show if need be. Good to know. Now let me get back to her and finish this thing up, all right? All right, I have returned. And then I have another movie called Attraction, and that one actually is totally different than anything I've ever played. Uh -huh. I'm the head of the CIA force. Wow. And I'm the terrorism division, and it's about the bombings in London with the trains. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we have going on right now. It's really cool. God, and there might be one that really we're going to start soon called the Fifth Bureau. So, I mean, things are great. Yeah, so I'm okay. Uh, all right. Well, hey, have you ever sat down and totaled up the body count of how many victims have been eaten by sharks over all the six Sharknados? Because you need, like, a high-powered calculator. I wouldn't even know. Because it's like people just want to, like, go on it. And they're like, I just want to get eaten by a shark. Like, everyone wants to be involved in it. Just because it's so fun and so campy. And the shark bites are just ridiculous. You know what I mean? They're just so funny. Right. And I, this one is, is honestly my favorite one. Well, it, It's really fun. It's a fun one to watch. And I think people will really enjoy it. Well, speaking of people that wanted to be, you know, in Shark, the Shark Dino movies, because I know every every actor in Hollywood or actually, actually any public figure around the world probably wanted to do it. I read, you know, that that President Trump wanted to be in like Sharknado three. Is is was that accurate? Because I heard he's a huge shark fan, never misses Shark Week on the Discovery Channel. I know that um, they they had an offer with him. They were trying to deal with it, but the schedule clashed. But that clashed. But that definitely was a. Uh, true. It's true in that. Huh. And you have the Mark Cuban and all the other, you know, crazy people that have done it. But, you know, it's just been, it's just wild, the people that turn off to this film, because, you know, it's not just a, a, it's for kids, too. It's a kind of family movie. It's not scary. The kids even laugh at the joke out about it, because they realize how stupid it is as well. You know, it's so bad, and it's good. Right. And I think this one really wraps it all together. And, and it's a movie that you could watch with your whole family and your friends. And people have Sharknado parties. And, you Absolutely. know, I, I think it's a movie that really brings, like, you know, happiness 
people, which is incredible. You know, if Trump would have done it, he, I mean, I think he, he would have been great to get eaten in because people would have went wild all over the world. But anyway, all right, that's another topic. So, so on our show now, we're discussing the, the the topic of superheroes. Do you personally feel a shark is a true superhero? It's a lot more powerful than some guy in a costume. I mean, they're pretty pretty damn powerful. You know, I got to tell you something. I think it's one of every actor's dream is to play a superhero. And when you see from where April evolves till now, she's such a badass superhero. Like, this one is incredible. She could fly. She has laser sources. Like, oh. she could, like, you know, hold helicopters up. And, and you know, she she truly is a superhero. So it was so much fun to play a role like that. It really, really was. All right. Well, can I ask you if you ever still go swimming in the ocean after six Sharknado movies? I'm, uh, do you ever go out in the ocean? I was ocean? Just in the ocean last week. Oh. Yeah, I was just in it last week, actually. In L.A., which is where it's freezing here. But, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really fun. Refreshing and great. But I thought the same thing. I'm like, you know what? Knowing my luck, I would get eaten by a shark knowing this movie. You know what I mean? Like, right. I didn't want to go out too far. <laughs> right. I, I only go in, like, a dip for a pool now after, you know, pools are okay after watching the movies. Lakes, no no way. I can't even guarantee that. But anyway, all right, well, let me close with this, all right? <laughs> let me close with this question. What was your most memorable moment in a Sharknado movie? You must have a ton of them. Um, I think one of them definitely was, in the next one, without giving too much away, there's a not just one April. There's a lot. All you know right. what I mean? So that's right. how I could say. You'll see what I mean by it. Like, so I got to play like, good April, bad April, clean April. There's, I mean, so many different things that it, it gets confusing for the fans as well. And it, it, it was cool to play each one and have each character different. And um, it was something I really enjoyed. All right, super. Well, I know you got to scoot. So thank you again so much for calling into our show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, Miss Tara Reed. Ready, I said, go, man, go. I gotta tell you about the Goodwin Show, cause I'm ready. Ready, 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 I'm ready. Ready, 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 I'm ready. Ready, 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 I'm ready, ready, ready to rock and roll. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Say hello to our musical guest, The Thrill. Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves and the instrument you are attached to. Well, we got Peter Breen on the drums over here. How you doing? Kevin Day on guitar. <laughs> T-O-D-D on the other guitar and vocal. Don on bass. Super. All right, now you guys have been together for a while, or at least most of you. Uh, like I, I was under the understanding of like, Five years or so? That's longer than a lot of marriages these days. So what's the key to staying together? Because I'm going to be taking notes myself, so go. Uh, the key to staying together, as with any marriage, is a good bass player. Okay. <laughs> no More. question. No question. No respect for the drummer. True dad. Sorry, dude. That's the way it always... Uh, it's always yeah. Okay, so off the record, let me ask you this. What's the band's position on Renaissance fairs? Do any of you guys get your inner medieval vibe on and attend them regularly? Yeah, we're, we're playing one tomorrow night uh, about 11 p.m. and then the weekend after. We go, we go to Renaissance fairs as a group uh, mm -hmm. several times a month, three, three or four times a month for sure. Wow, I had no idea. We joust each other. Super. Wow. Yeah, I've driven by a few, you know, myself going maybe 35 or 40 miles an hour. 
that was close enough for me because I don't own any appropriate costumes. And I heard that if you go in jeans and a t-shirt, they stone you. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that. Oh, yeah. You have to dress the part for okay. sure. All Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, let's let's drill down here a bit uh, on, on the thrill. Uh, which band member is a total perfectionist and has it caused fisticuffs at times? That'd be Peter Breen on the drums. No, no question. He's a... Uh, He's uh, our, our newest founding member. He's a strong, <laughs> silent type. I can I can pick up. Yes. All right. Uh, you're not going to go off any... I mean, everything's cool, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, it's fine. He's fine, cool. Fine, he's fine. Okay. All right, he's so... Um, <laughs> go off. Talk to me... Oh, I have to ask you this. Duh. duh. Um, superheroes. Which one would you choose to be? And let's go around the horn. Okay, well, let's start with Peter Breen on the drums. Aquaman. 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 Wow. Fantastic. I'd be. Oh, I'd be the Hulk. No question. I gotta go, Batman. Uh, I, I love Batman. It's kind of my shiz. I'd have to be Superman then. Okay. All right. Fine. Okay. Well, let's get down to business here. What's the name of the next song, and can you divulge what it's about? Yes. Uh, the name of the song is August. Uh, the month we're in is August. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's a family show. So I can't tell you exactly what it's about, but uh, it's it's a it's adult business. All right, super, let's do it. I knew it when you said we were only friends. Everything you thought we knew never be the same. Yeah. 
Goodman Radio Show. Hello, this is Tom Green, and you're listening to the Goodman Show. Spud Goodman, he's a good man. Spud is a good man. Listen to his show. He is a good man. Uh, Spud, your last guest, Robert Carradine, is good to go. All right, you know, I think you have seen a few of this guy's movies. I mean, he did a bunch of those uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I, I've seen one of those. Uh, you know, it was very raunchy, though, and not appropriate for women or children. Uh, a friend Come of mine on. from church had one of those nerd movies on when we were playing bridge one Saturday night. Um, um, you suck! Oh, I've seen them all, and oh. they were pretty tame, if you ask me. Well, you're you're not exactly the norm, Mrs. Jarvitz. What? I mean, well, look at your personal life. You're dating a teenager, for God's sake. There are all kinds of perversions. I must remind you, Chance is 21 years old. Gerald, that's legal. That's a legal adult in all 50 states. Well, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know about that, but, yeah, but just just put Robert through before he falls asleep, yeah, though. Yeah, here he is. Welcome, actor Robert Carradine, to the show. Thanks for checking in with us. Oh, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for making time for me. Yeah, so before we get going, uh, let me congratulate you on being honored at this year's Silver Spur Awards held in Studio City. Uh, like you, Johnny Crawford, who was on The Rifleman, a, a show that was pretty darn cool. Uh, Billy Zane and others will be recognized, right? Yeah, that's right. Billy Zane. And last year we had Chris Christopherson, and uh, the Silver Spurs are pretty great. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you were on TV uh, as a youngster, as a young actor. You were on uh, a Western called Bonanza, and anybody that remembers that uh, remembers uh, it was, I mean, it was like the number one show on television uh, in the 60s. So Yeah, and I think it was, uh, up until recently, it was the longest running show. Yeah. Uh, did, did you ever you know, get to ride a horse or maybe shoot a six gun, not, not with like bullets, but blanks or even caps when you were on the show. Uh, not on, not on Bonanza, but on the Cowboys with John Wayne, I got to shoot a gun and ride a horse. Oh, well, interesting that you mentioned that. That was in like 1972, right? Cause, cause, uh, you know, we, we, yeah, that's when it, that's when it came out. We shot it in 1971 and for two and a half months, before we even started shooting the movie, we had to learn how to ride horses. And we did that four hours a day, uh, five days a week, and eight hours a day on the weekend. That's how we uh, that's how we came to look like we belonged on a horse, because we, we learned properly. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny uh, that you mentioned that, because Bruce Dern was on our show, and he discussed killing the Duke uh, on the silver screen. Uh, he, he got to do that. Uh, he, he said that the, that John John Wayne was larger than life. Did he give you any acting advice? Did the, did the Duke sit you down and didn't give you any, like, acting secrets, or did he just tell you to, you know, as a kid, to just keep quiet and don't, you know, be seen, not heard? Well, 
I actually tried to give John Wayne some acting advice, and uh, that didn't go over real well. Uh, it was my first time on the set speaking in the movie, and uh, I suggested a line change for Mr. Wayne. Oh. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that was not really that good an idea, and I don't know what possessed a 17-year-old kid to think he should suggest to John Wayne how to do a scene. I don't know what possessed me, but I was just trying to be helpful. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Well, well, you know, you, your late brother uh, David uh, had you on his show Kung Fu. Did before you went before the cameras? Did you try and learn any fancy moves? No, I was just the character was just some stupid kid, you know that uh, they called him Sunny Jim, and apparently he had his throat sliced at some point, so he couldn't talk. So that was an interesting role to have no dialogue. And every day when I went to work, another crew person would say, Hey, Carradine, you know your lines? Dang, that would be a great part because, like, you could, like, you know, I don't know, party all night long the night before, not worry about any lines or anything, just show up for makeup, right, and just go before the camera? Exactly. No, it was a real, uh, it was a real cakewalk, except when I got to the end of the show, the director said, Hey, have you ever studied acting? <laughs> oh. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. So then I went and studied acting, yeah. It was only my second or third job, so I was definitely green. Well, I take it once uh, David became Kane on the show, you know, when it, when it broke, uh, you didn't get into any arguments with him, right? Or, or uh, you know, he was pretty much a badass, but kind of in a stealthy manner. Yeah, he was a stealth badass, but there were, you know, a couple of... We had one knockdown drag out battle when I tried to convince him that I was the real Kung Fu. Oh, how'd that go? It didn't go well. He's, well. He was a lot bigger than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did have some fancy moves, but all right. Um, well, I, I obviously I've got to touch on this. You later became known to most humans on Earth as Louis Skolnick uh, in the Revenge of the Nerds. How many of those did you do? We did four of them. Eesh. Okay, all right. Did, did, now, let me ask you this. Did, did you have to research on how to be a nerd, or did you bring personal experience to the table prior to shooting the first one? Like, did, were you a skilled D&D player? Did, did you own a hard copy of The Hobbit? Did, did you find Nancy Culp, who played Jane Hathaway on the Beverly Hillbillies, highly attractive growing up? You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And basically, I had a very specific image of what a nerd is. And part of that image came to me from my brother Christopher, who was an Imagineer at Disney Studios. And he was kind of pissed off that I used him as the model. And then the next year after the movie came out, he went to the Halloween party dressed as a nerd. So, go figure. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, hey, Spud, if you're trying to see if Robert really was qualified to play a nerd in the movies, you know, have street cred or whatever in the part... You should have asked him if he can speak Klingon fluently. When I was younger, I could talk for hours in Klingon. Oh, Robert, I'll be right back. Uh, what are you babbling about? I was just saying a more accurate test to see if one is a real nerd is asking if they can communicate in Klingon. I remember taking considerable heat from church members when I would break into it during a service. They thought it sounded satanic and that I was possessed. Oh, whoop-de-doo. Anyone can speak Klingon. That doesn't qualify you as a real nerd. Well, 
I had a gerbil named Spock, okay? It's a sad story because he, he didn't live long as I would sleep with him in my bunk bed. And one night, I, I guess I rolled over on him and he died of asphyxiation. Oh, brother. Uh, yeah, it was, I was somewhat traumatized uh, when I tried to pet his lifeless little body in that morning. Uh, I'll never forget him. Okay, touching story. I'll put him in my thoughts and prayers too, yeah, okay? Yeah. Now let me get back to Robert, please. Okay, I have returned. Well, you know, we're discussing the topic of superheroes on the show right now. And so, who, in your opinion, who would be the number one superhero of all time? Uh, you know, and I, I, I don't think you can go with like God or anything. It has to be like somebody that was in a costume in a movie. Well, I just, I don't know if it's because of my age or what, but I mean, who can beat up Superman, you know? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Superman's a go-to. No, I mean, he's got, he's got x-ray vision. He's got super strength. Uh, he can go. He can. He can fly faster than the speed of light. I mean, he's Superman. All right, I'll put you down. I just wrote that down. Robert goes with Superman. All right, super. Well. Um, we're gonna let you go. We, I wanted to say, I really appreciate you taking the time, you know, to check in with us. And uh, yeah, so I, thank you. Yeah, me too. You, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. My, how time flies. You know, Spud, you yourself have not said what superhero you would want to be. I think the listeners would be interested in knowing the answer. I'm thinking you would be partial to Wolverine as, you know, you get your nails done so often. But Okay, can I ask, how much do you spend each month on that? Hell no, you can't! No, and my Manny and Petties are part of my basic living costs. Can I ask how much you spend on toothpaste or toilet paper? Well, certain things are necessities. Well, I let my nails go free range. I can't see paying anyone to work on them with all those chemicals and paint and stuff. Well, I opt for a clear coat instead of a color, um, as it's so hard to, you know, match it to what clothes I'm going to wear. Oh my. Also, being a little colorblind makes it even more of a challenge. I gotta admit the truth, it turned me on. Okay, fine, but what superhero would you want to be? If I have to answer that, it, it probably wouldn't be a traditional superhero. I mean, sure, I mean, I dig, say, you know, the Silver Surfer or, or Doctor Strange and maybe even Black Bolt. Excellent. But for me, if I had to pick, you know, someone that I feel would be the coolest, it would have to be someone outside the superhero box, like way outside. Well, you're not referring to, like, maybe like Aquaman, are you? No, I was thinking of going with Shaft. He's yes. a bad I totally prefer the original, you know, with Richard Roundtree. Full disclosure, though, you know, he was a guest on my old TV show, and I, I, sh I guess I have to then say uh, no disrespect to the bad Samuel L. Jackson, who played Shaft in the remake. He, you know, he sat down for a couple of interviews on my TV show, too. I, I really like Samuel L. a lot, a really cool dude, and he was very nice to us. But Richard Roundtree has seniority and was Shaft, so I have to go with him. Okay, who in the Dickens is Shaft? I, I've never read a comic book with a hero named Shaft. Shaft was a big, groundbreaking 1971 black exploitation film. 
It had a big influence in Hollywood, and I just pulled this off my phone from Wikipedia. Shaft was selected in 2000 for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Thank you for that. Okay. That was All nice. Right. So, I like to help. So the Shaft character could defeat, say, like uh, Thor or Mr. Majestic? I highly doubt that. Dude, Shaft could kick their ass with one hand tied behind his back. You see, John Shaft was, on the surface, a private detective, but he was nothing like, say, a, a Magnum P.I. or that lady on Murder, she wrote. No, Shaft was so much more than just a private dick. He was a man's man, and he didn't take guff from any of the bad guys. I did have a crush on Richard Roundtree. He was I so sexy. Yeah, well, you don't know, but he was so sexy. No, I know. I've told Chance about my feelings about this as they remain to this day. That's so hot. And he is very thoughtful as a boyfriend. He huh. gave me a DVD of Shaft for my birthday last month. Oh. I had a copy on VHS before, but I wore it out years ago. Do you want to borrow it, Spud? No, I have a DVD of it. And you might want to loan it to this culturally deprived individual to my right, though. Yeah, well, from, from what I can pick up, I don't think Shaft is a movie that we can watch on Holcomb Family Movie Night. You know, are, let me ask you this. Why not? Are there prostitutes or pimps or sexual activity in it? Yeah, I'm going to have to pass on this one. Oh, brother. I'm sure some people feel it's a perfectly fine movie, but you know what? I prefer my private detectives to be a bit more... Uh, a, a bit a bit more... Okay, uh, how do I say... Less urban. You, you know what I mean? Oh, look at my African-American over here. Oh, yeah. I think we do. Yeah, I sure do. And I think I'm going to end this show now before I hear another one of those that were very fine people on both sides kind of comment from you. Well, I, 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 I'm not meaning... Listen, generally, there, there are generally always two sides to any issue, Spud. I feel sometimes... Well, like I said, I'm pretty sure I know what you feel. I, that's uh, frankly offensive. So just zip it, please. Mm. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is The Thrill.
Todd Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Trevor Jaffe and executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director TJ Pites. Production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Botts and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Thank you.